You're listening to Arc Radio Podcast. This program is brought to you by the Islamic Studies Trust. Bismillahir Rahmanir Rahim. Alhamdulillah Rabbil Alameen. Wa salatu wa salamu ala Sayyidina Muhammad wa ala alihi wa sahbihi wa sallam tasliman kathira. Summa amma ba'd. We praise Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, Lord of the heavens and the earth. We ask him to send his peace and blessings upon our master Sayyiduna Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa alihi wa sallam upon his blessed family, his loyal companions and all of those who followed after with excellence up until the day of standing. Ameena, ameena, ameen. Thereafter, uh, from amongst the special qualities of Sayyida Fatima radiallahu anha that she was singled out with from amongst um, all of her siblings and uh, other family members of the Prophet ﷺ's household is that she had a very um, deep resemblance onto the Messenger of Allah ﷺ. And this was noticed by uh, Sayyida Aisha radiallahu anha in particular uh, when she said, كانت مشيتها كمشيت أبيها. Uh, the style of her walk was like that of her father sallallahu alayhi wasallam. And the Arabs have said, وَمَنْ يُشَابِهِ أَبَاهُ فَمَا ظَلَمْ And the one who resembles his or her father has done no injustice. So Sayyida Fatima radiallahu anha, from amongst her specialities was this very um, deep resemblance of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam. And uh, it's noted that there were a number of companions who uh, and members of the household who physically resembled the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam, but th- the resemblance that Sayyida Fatima radiallahu anha had was, of course, a very different one. And um, so her, her style of walk was like that of uh, the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam, and uh, the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alaihi wasallam. He highlighted. Uh, the close relationship that he had with Sayyida Fatima, which was very specific to Sayyida Fatima, even though she had other sisters and had brothers and so on, but this was very specific to Sayyida Fatima, that the Prophet ﷺ said, Fatima tu bada'atum minni. Fatima is a part of me. Right? All of his children were a part of him, but to specify it like this, in particular for Sayyida Fatima, this was a speciality and something that she was singled out with, uh, amongst all of the rest of the household. So the Prophet ﷺ said, Fatima tu bada'atum minni. Fatima is a part of me. Now, <clears throat> that could have been in outer resemblance or inner meanings. Uh, in outer resemblance, it was clearly stated by Sayyidah Aisha that the style of her walk was like that of her father. But the inner meanings, which, which are much more closer to a person, uh, then mere outer resemblances is what the Prophet sallallahu highlighted. So when when you say that you have like a deep affiliation and connection uh, with somebody, that's a, a deep affiliation that you have within your heart with somebody. Uh, you you might love somebody, but it's not necessarily it's not necessary that you look like them or you resemble them in your outer form. But what's of importance is that you'll be connected onto them. Uh, in their heart. So the Prophet ﷺ said, Fatima tu bada'atum minni. Fatima is a part of me. Yabsutuni ma yabsutuha wa yaqbiduni ma yaqbiduha. Anything that pleases her pleases me. And anything that displeases her 
this pleases me. Now, the Prophet ﷺ making such a deep statement about Sayyida Fatima radiallahu anha uh, is of great significance. Why is it of great significance? Because he sallallahu alayhi wasallam wasn't merely a father, but he was the Prophet of Allah sallallahu alayhi wasallam. And that which pleased or displeased him would have had to be in accordance to what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is pleased and displeased with. Right? So for example, if somebody says to their kid, whatever pleases you will please me, and whatever displeases you will displease me. That child, uh, something unlawful might please them, and something lawful might displease them. Right? In a normal scenario. But for the Prophet وسلم, to, say, to say that to Sayyidah Fatima is an indication that Sayyidah Fatima anha is in absolute adherence to what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala wants. Right? Um, and the Prophet وسلم, mentioned something similar about one of the companion, and that was Sayyidina Abdullah ibn Mas'ud radiallahu The Prophet وسلم, said, Raditu li ummati ma radiya lahu ibn ummi abd. The Prophet said, I'm well pleased for my ummah with that which Abdullah ibn Mas'ud is pleased with my ummah for. So if he decides something for my ummah, I'm pleased with it. Right? That shows the amount of confidence that the Prophet had in these particular individuals. And the confidence that he had in Sayyida Fatima was, she'd only be pleased for the right reason and she'd only be displeased for the right reason. And... Uh, Sayyida Aisha radiallahu anha mentions that the Prophet وسلم, uh, nothing of the world or that which was of it would ever anger him وسلم, and he would never be angered by anything that people would do or say against him, him his person وسلم, but, if, um, but, if, uh, but if the law of God was violated then nobody could stop his anger until he would take justice for that which was done. So uh, now for the Prophet ﷺ to have such confidence in Sayyida Fatima radiallahu anha that whatever pleases her will please me, that's indicating that Sayyida Fatima will be only pleased with that which pleases Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And she, her, her pleasure will be based upon the pleasure of the Prophet ﷺ and that is not to take personal revenge from anybody. Right? And not to keep uh, personal vendettas against anybody, not to have a personal grudge against anybody, but rather if you're pleased with somebody, you're pleased for the sake of Allah, and if you're displeased, you're displeased for the sake of Allah. And the Prophet said, Al Hubbu fillah wal fillah, to love for Allah's sake and for dislike, and to dislike for Allah's sake. Naam. So <clears throat> Sayyida Fatima radiallahu anha. Uh, as Sayyida Aisha radiallahu anha said that when she would walk we would see a resemblance of her father in the style of her walk uh, anha. and uh, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala from amongst the specialities that she was given was that uh, her other sisters uh, Sayyida Zainab, Sayyida Ruqiyah, Sayyida Umm Kulthum uh, their children didn't ever survive so in the world we don't have uh, members of the family of the Prophet ﷺ who hailed back from the other three siblings of Sayyidah Fatima, the other three sisters of Sayyidah Fatima. None of their children uh, grew up to survive. Right? It was only the children of Sayyidah Fatima anha that ever survived and survived till this day and will, to, will till the end of time. And why is that? 
The Prophet used to have male children who die in infancy, all of them. And the scholars have said one, perhaps the wisdom behind that is so that nobody, um, uh, nobody claims prophethood for them after the Prophet because previous prophets would have their children as prophets also like Ibrahim and Yaqub uh, Zakaria all these examples of uh, fathers who were prophets and their sons were also prophets uh, so that nobody even assumes that his male children are prophets so Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala uh, took them at uh, a young age and it was only his daughters that survived and grew up and married. But from amongst his daughters, it was only Sayyida Fatima radiallahu anha who still survives through her children who are alive upon the earth. Uh, the Meccans, they began to uh, speak against the Prophet sallallahu Oh, when his male children would die, it would bring comfort to them. <laughs> they would say, don't worry about Muhammad sallallahu now. Soon as, um, soon as he passes from this world, There'd, there'd be nobody to carry his legacy because all his male children die, right? So this is what gave them a bit of comfort. And they began to say, uh, he is al-abtar, he is the one who's cut off, i.e. severed from children and cut off from a, a lineage uh, that will run after him. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala replied to that. The Prophet would never ever reply to them, uh, but Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala out of uh, honor for his beloved sallallahu alaihi wasallam he would always reply to those who would insult the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam or speak against him so how did allah reply allah said inna a'tainaka al-kawthar indeed we have given you al-kawthar now the scholars have various interpretations for what al-kawthar is from the more literal sense the word al-kawthar comes from kathra which means uh, plentifulness abundance so it's as if allah is saying uh, indeed we will give you an abundance in everything anything that we give you it will be in, uh, in, in abundance then the scholars have said Al-Kawthar is the pond uh, that's in Jannah from which anybody who drinks once will never go thirsty again uh, others have said it's uh, it's the pond from which the Prophet ﷺ will give uh, people water on the day of standing Right. Some scholars have said that's a different pond to uh, the one in paradise and others have said both of them are connected. Uh, so the one that's outside of Jannah has pipelines from the one in Jannah itself. Right. And the final interpretation which is a very strong one is that Al-Kawthar is referring to Sayyida Fatima Zahra radiallahu anha. Why? Because this surah is a reply to those who said that the Prophet ﷺ is cut off. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said, Inna a'tainaka al-kawthar. We have given you al-kawthar, i.e. Sayyida Fatima radiallahu anha, and through her, your lineage will continue. Right? So this was miraculous for the Prophet ﷺ in that uh, all the lineage of all other people continues through their male children, but Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala honored women in that the Prophet's lineage continues through his daughter Sayyida Fatima radiallahu anha. And this was a great honor that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gave Sayyida Fatima in particular and women in general, right? Women in general. Um, so um, Al-Kawthar is referring to Sayyida Fatima radiallahu anha. Uh, when Sayyida Fatima radiallahu anha had her first child, uh, Sayyidina Ali radiallahu anha picked up the child and brought him to the Prophet and said, Messenger of Allah, I've had a boy and I want to name the boy Harb, war. 
battle because he was a tough guy, right? And he wanted his toughness to come into his children. So I want to name him War, Harb. Uh, the Prophet ﷺ looked at the baby child and he, he must have thought, Ali, you have plans, but Allah has different plans for this child. You want your strength and your qualities to come into this child, but Allah has chosen something very much different for this particular baby than what you want. So what did the Prophet ﷺ name the child? He said, Bal al-Hasan. This is the most beautiful one. This is the beautiful one. Uh, it was as if the Prophet ﷺ wanted uh, to tell Ali, this child is not going to be harb and take just from your bravery, but this child is going to be beauty and he's going to take from my beauty. Because he was the most handsome and most beautiful ﷺ. So the child was named Hassan. When the next child was born, he brought the child to the Prophet ﷺ and he said exact same. He said, Messenger of Allah, harb, war. And the Prophet ﷺ looked at the baby child and said, Bal Hussein, he's the little beautiful one. When the third child was born, he said the same. And the Prophet ﷺ said, Bal Muhsin. Right? So, uh, something very particular for Sayyida Fatima was that the Prophet ﷺ would refer to the children of Fatima as his own children. And he would say, Huma ibnai, they are my children. Wa huma rayhanatayya. And they are my beautiful flowers, referring to Sayyidina Hassan and Sayyidina Hussein. Sayyidina Muhsin, he died uh, young. It was only Sayyidina Hassan and Hussein radiallahu anhuma who survived and grew up and so on. And the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he uh, made tahniq for the children of Sayyida Fatima, i.e. he placed from his noble saliva into to their mouths. So the first thing that entered into their stomachs was, a, was the blessed saliva of the Messenger of Allah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. He named the children and um, he sacrificed for these children, i.e. Aqiqah. Uh, and he shaved their heads and gave uh, in charity the equivalent uh, of the weight of the hair of these children. Now, uh, Sayyida Fatima radiallahu anha, uh, something really beautiful about the Prophet was that he would often visit Sayyida Fatima radiallahu anha. Right? He would visit his daughter. Now, um, some cultures uh, have it that when their daughters are married off, it's as if uh, the parents kind of disown their daughters, right? And don't ever go to visit their daughters because now she's a member of some different family that we're not really connected onto. This is like a jahili concept that some people still have. The Prophet ﷺ used to visit Sayyida Fatima radiallahu anha often. And her children, he, he would say, they are my children. Right? They are my boys, the Prophet ﷺ would say. And some people also have this jahili concept that uh, the, the children of one's daughter have kind of no relationship to the grandparents from the mother's side. Right? And this is again a jahili concept uh, because uh, children from either side of the parents, they inherit from both their grandparents. Right? Their maternal and paternal grandparents. So they are... Uh, when, when people marry and they have children, they're still part of their own family that they, uh, like the women, they're part of their own family that they came from and also part of the new family that they married into. 
So it's an extension of the family. It's not uh, a replacement of the family, right? Some people think uh, women, they, they are replaced with a new family. No, that's not the case, right? Because the Prophet ﷺ himself used to visit his daughter very often, radiallahu anha. One of the times uh, the Prophet ﷺ was visiting Sayyidah Fatima radiallahu anha um, and um, one of the children asked the Messenger of Allah ﷺ for a drink. So the Prophet ﷺ went over to the sheep and he milked the sheep and he bought some milk for, for, for the boy. And uh, Sayyidah Fatima said, Messenger of Allah, why did you give him first and not the other? And perhaps she didn't hear that particular child ask for the milk. And the Prophet ﷺ said, because he asked for it. So this is why I gave it to him first. And then uh, Sayyidina Ali radiallahu anhu was asleep at that time in the house. Uh, the Prophet said to Sayyidina Fatima radiallahu anha at that particular occasion, he said to her, The Prophet said, I and you, I say the Fatima. These two boys and this one that's asleep will be in the same station on the Day of Judgment. Will be in the same station on the Day of Judgment. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said in the Quran, وَالَّذِينَ آمَنُوا وَاتَّبَعَتْهُمْ ذُرِّيَّتُهُمْ بِإِيمَانٍ أَلْحَقْنَا بِهِمْ ذُرِّيَّتَهُمْ وَمَا أَلَتْنَاهُمْ مِنْ عَمَلِهِمْ مِنْ شَيْءٍ Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said, and those who took up faith, بإيمان, and then their offspring and children followed after them with faith and iman. What's going to happen on the Day of Judgment? And this is like a beautiful scene that Allah sketches for the Day of Judgment of how children will be attached onto their parents. You know, we always hear the verses when, uh, and we, sh you know, of uh, when. Children run away from their parents, spouses run away from each other and so on. Uh, but this verse is so beautiful. Allah says, those people who took up Iman and faith and then their children followed after them in Iman and faith. Allah said, Alhaqna bihim zurriyatahum. On the day of judgment, we'll connect their children onto them into their stations and ranks on the day of judgment. So they won't be parted from their parents if the, the bond of uh, uh, if the bond and relationship that they had were, was based upon iman, was based upon faith, right? Allah said in the Quran, um, uh, On that day, the most intimate and deep of friends will become enemies against each other, except the people of righteousness. So somebody who has a, 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 a friend who's intimate, they have an intimate and close friend, but that friendship is based upon righteousness and piety, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says that they will be together on the day of judgment, right? So the scholars have said <coughs> that if Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will connect <coughs> people of uh, children who had faith onto their parents on the day of judgment, then imagine how the Household of the Prophet ﷺ and his children will be connected onto his station on the Day of Judgment. And it was as if the Prophet ﷺ was translating this particular verse when he said to Sayyidah Fatima, I and you and these two and this one that's asleep will be in the same station on the Day of Judgment. Now, <coughs> um, the Prophet ﷺ <coughs> showed extreme love for uh, the children of 
uh, of his daughter, radiyallahu uh, anhum, and nurtured uh, his grandchildren upon, upon righteousness, uh, God-fearing, and uh, a reflection of the afterlife. You know, uh, one of the things our teacher, Sheikh Samir, he says is that something very important that we need to learn from how the Prophet nurtured uh, the children of Sayyidah Fatima in particular was that he based that nurturing upon the concept of the Akhirah, right? Consciousness, consciousness of the Akhirah and matters of the unseen, right? And he said that this is something which is absent in most uh, people's parenting. And he said, uh, we, we see examples of this from a very young tender age. Uh, at the, on the day of Ashura, on the 10th of Muharram, uh, when, when people fast, the Prophet said to Sayyidah Fatima, anha, bring your children to me. So she brought both Sayyidina Hassan and Hussein. And the Prophet placed his blessed tongue into their mouths and they suckled onto his tongue, uh, each of them. And then the Prophet said to Sayyidah Fatima, don't feed them for the rest of the day, for the nourishment that they have taken from my saliva will be enough for them for the rest of the day so that they can fast on the day of Ashura. So they fasted as infant children on the day of Ashura. The, our teacher said, building a consciousness, uh, a conscious nature and a conscious mind of the afterlife and matters pertaining to religion from a very young age. Another example he said was, the Prophet ﷺ came to Sayyidah Fatima's house and he made the boys wrestle, right? He made them wrestle and grapple with each other. And he encouraged one of them and he said, he, and Sayyidah Fatima said, uh, Messenger of Allah, oh my father, what about the other one? You're encouraging one, but you're leaving out the other one. Listen to what the Prophet ﷺ said. The Prophet said, I noticed that Jibreel was encouraging him, so I didn't want this one to feel left out, so I encouraged him. So in apparency, it seemed like that the Prophet was favoring one over the other, and the, the Prophet was encouraging one and leaving out the other. But in reality, the Prophet was with the one who didn't have anybody who was encouraging him. He was with the one who didn't have Jibreel alayhi salam saying, go on, right? So he said, uh, in this hadith we see how the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam made the presence of the angels around people uh, a reality to them, right? He brought it out uh, as a reality to them that you have angels around you. I mean, the Prophet sallallahu was able to see Jibreel alayhi salam specifically but in general, uh, when, he mentions, when he mentioned that Jibreel was encouraging him, this was to highlight what's happening around us in the unseen world, right? And making that a reality in the minds of young people from a very young age. Uh, <clears throat> just recently, um, I was uh, speaking about how um, young children have a lot of, um, they have a lot of pictures that they see and a lot of uh, images that they see, right? And that imagery that they see kind of 
uh, is imprinted into their hearts and they make up stories and, and things like that. And then uh, I thought that um, perhaps we don't have enough uh, religious books or uh, stories for, for children that have all of this imagery in, in their minds so they might be feeling uh, left out when it comes to their religion. But then I started to think about something uh, about the Qur'an that in the Qur'an Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gives us a lot of imagery uh, a, lot, a lot of visionary that we have to kind of uh, think about in our minds but there's no pictures you have to make it up yourself and then the impact of the Qur'an on the mind and the heart of people since the day it was revealed till our day has been phenomenal which indicates that within the message and within the religion there is such a barakah and such goodness and such strength that you're not really in need of the visionary if, if only you g gave heed to what was being recited and uh, delivered then that would cover the void of uh, everything else right so uh, when the Prophet ﷺ would visit Sayyida Fatima uh, and her children, what he uh, encouraged was for them to understand the, the unseen world around them, right? And to be connected on to the unseen world around them uh, because it's the unseen that is the reality of our Iman and faith. It's not the seen, right? It's not the visionary. It's not what you can see and sense which is the reality of our iman the reality of our iman is unseen this is why allah says in surah al-baqarah right at the beginning he says those who have faith in the unseen right they have faith in the unseen which means that the beginning point of a believing person right is the end point of of the senses right once the the senses reach their strength and and pinnacle that's the beginning of a person's iman, beginning of a person's faith, because faith is dealing with that which you can't see, right? <clears throat> and the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam gave a very particular rank to Sayyida Fatima radiyallahu anha in the afterlife and to her noble children. The Prophet ﷺ said that Fatima will be the queen of paradise. She will be the leader of the women of paradise and her sons, Sayyidina Al-Hasan and Sayyidina Al-Husayn radiallahu anhumah, Sayyida Shababi Ahlil Jannah, they will be the leaders of the young of paradise and everybody in paradise will be young. Again, connecting them on to the afterlife and to, to, to true, uh, to, tr true uh, luxury of the afterlife rather than of this life. So it was as if the Prophet ﷺ was saying to them when highlighting these ranks of theirs in the next world is that if this sacrifice that you're going through in this world, it will have a reward for you in the afterlife. Now the difficulties that you go through here, <coughs> their fruits are awaiting you in the next life. You know Sayyidina Umar radiallahu anhu, he used to say to um, the people around him, he used to say, if I wanted, I could, have the I could have lived the most luxurious life from amongst all of you. He was Amirul Mu'mineen, right? He could have had everything at his disposal, 
But what did he say? He said, I fear uh, if I do so, then it will be said to me on the day of standing, أَذْهَبْتُمْ طَيِّبَاتِكُمْ فِي حَيَاتِكُمُ الدُّنْيَا وَاسْتَمْتَعْتُمْ بِهَا You exhausted all of your goods. أَذْهَبْتُمْ طَيِّبَاتِكُمْ You exhausted all of your goods in the worldly life. And you, were, you took luxury in them. And now you have nothing left. Now you have nothing left. So it was as if the Prophet ﷺ was um, highlighting to his blessed family that the difficulties that you're going through here, it's these difficulties and sacrifices and hardships that will give you your ranks on the day of judgment, will give you your stations on the day uh, of judgment. <coughs> uh, and the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam said about Sayyidina Al-Hasan Radiallahu An something which is very important. <coughs> uh, he said, In Nabni Hada Sayyidun, this son of mine is a leader. And he has the qualities of uh, leadership in him. And he said, How old was uh, how old were the grandchildren when the Messenger of Allah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam left from this world? Should we get closer? How old was Sayyidina Hassan and Hussein when their grandfather passed away? <coughs> seven and eight, right? They were seven and eight when the Prophet left the world. <coughs> so they were seven and eight when the Prophet left from this world, and at that so before that age, before seven and eight, the Prophet ﷺ saw in Sayyidina Hassan uh, uh, qualities of leadership. So he said, In Hadha Sayyidun, this son of mine is a leader and a master. And then he said, There'll be a day when Allah will rectify between two great fractions of my ummah through this son of mine. When did that happen? When when Sayyidina Al-Hasan radiallahu an gave up his khilafah for Sayyidina Muawiyah, right? And that's not easy. To give up leadership for somebody else and say, here you go, I'll take a back seat. You take leadership. That's something which is not easy at all. But Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gave courage to Sayyidina Hassan. And in the way that he was nurtured and he grew up and he was educated by his mother, his father, and his grandfather sallallahu alayhi wa, alayhi wa sallam, uh, he, he was able to give it up for higher objectives and higher goals of this ummah. Uh, and to save bloodshed, he said, if it means that I give up my uh, leadership to save bloodshed in the ummah of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, then I'm going to do so. Right? So, which means that Sayyidina Hassan radiallahu an wasn't a person who was uh, self-centered and just thinking about himself but rather what concerned him was the affairs of this ummah the way the affair uh, the way they would concern his grandfather sallallahu alayhi wa and we'll see that uh, you know Sayyidina Hassan he was poisoned and he died as a shaheed as a martyr on his deathbed he said to his younger brother Sayyidina al-Husayn radiallahu anhu he said a brother do you know I know exactly who poisoned me I know exactly who done this to me, right? And both brought death to me. And his brother said to him, uh, who did it to you? Let me know. And he said, uh, 
why should I let you know so that you can take, go and take revenge for me? He said, I'm not going to tell you. He said, I'm going to die in silence and let it go. Because if I tell you or anybody, then I know that this will cause trouble, bloodshed and wars in the ummah of the Prophet So he, he even stayed silent about those people who murdered him, right? And didn't let people know about that. This was the courage that they picked up from this household that they grew up in. <coughs> Sayyidina Hassan Hussein uh, radiallahu anhuma, the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa love for them, affiliation and connection onto them uh, stemmed from his love for his daughter, Sayyida Fatima. And he knew that the more that he loves these two boys, the more, his, the more that Sayyida Fatima radiallahu anha would, would be pleased. So to please her radiallahu anha, the Prophet sallallahu poured his love onto these two children. Uh, he, they, they would play on his back whilst he would be in a state of sajda. Uh, and at other times he would crawl on the floor and they would uh, ride on his back sallallahu alayhi wasallam. So one particular time they were riding on his back and a companion saw this and uh, he said, oh, what, what, what a good ride you have. What a good ride you have, saying to the boys. And the Prophet ﷺ looked towards the companion and said, What good passengers I have. <laughs> he said, What good passengers I have. Look at his honor. Look at his dignity. Look at his love. Right? And he didn't want things just to be uh, rotating around him. But he wanted to keep these children in the equation. Right? And give them space and give them meaning and, uh, and, you know, uh, and highlight their virtue in the eyes of his companions. Uh, one of the times, um, and the scholars have said that the grandchildren of the Prophet ﷺ, they used to climb onto his back whilst he would be leading prayer in the masjid. He would be leading prayer in the masjid. The, the scholars have said children would only behave with adults in that manner in public if they are accustomed to that in private so it was a norm right it wasn't a one-off it was a norm one of the times the prophet ﷺ was delivering a khutbah upon his member and his grandchildren entered into the masjid uh, they were wearing red shirts and they were walking and then slipping and tripping and falling over and standing up and doing the same until the Prophet ﷺ noticed them. He left his member and he stopped his khutbah and he went over to his grandchildren and he picked them both up and he seated them upon his member and then he continued. And he said to his companions, he said, when I saw them approach, I didn't have the patience but to break off from my speech and go and pick them up. This is the amount of love that he had for these two children, radiallahu anhuma. And <clears throat> uh, the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam would kiss his children. Uh, and one day a man saw him kissing his grandchildren. And he said to the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa Do you kiss your children? And the Prophet sallallahu said, of course. He said, I have 10 children. I've never kissed any one of them. And the Prophet ﷺ got angry. 
He said, وَمَاذَا أَفْعَلْ إِذَا كَانَ اللَّهُ قَدْ نَزَعَ الرَّحْمَةَ مِنْ قَلْبِكَ And what do you want me to do for you if Allah has stripped mercy from your heart? What can I do for you? You know. Um, so the, and the Sahaba radiallahu anhum, they would, they would do everything that the Prophet did. So one day, Sayyidina Abu Huraira radiallahu anhu, sorry, Sayyidina Bilal, I can't remember now, either Sayyidina Abu Huraira or Sayyidina Bilal, one of the two, saw uh, one of the grandchildren of the Prophet He went over to the grandchild and he lifted his shirt and he kissed him on his stomach. And he said, the reason why I'm kissing you here, because I saw the Messenger of Allah kiss you in this exact position. In this exact place, this is where he kissed you, so this is why I'm kissing you. Radiallahu um, So the position of uh, Sayyida Fatima radiallahu anha and her blessed children in this world is that they are the continuation of the legacy of the Prophet sallallahu in his family. Uh, they and in the after uh, uh, in the afterlife, i.e., uh, in the next world, is that they will be in the same station as the Prophet ﷺ on the day of judgment. They will be from amongst those who assist the Prophet ﷺ in giving from the water of Al Kawthar to his Ummah. Right? The Prophet ﷺ said, "When I am giving out water to uh, of Al Kawthar to, to to my nation, my family will come and assist me in that, and likewise his companions and others. But in particular, his family will assist him in that. And then, uh, the highest of ranks that Sayyida Fatima and her children were granted is that Sayyida Fatima is the leader of all of the women of paradise, and her children are uh, the leader of all of the young of paradise." And these were very particular and specific uh, virtues of Sayyida Fatima radiallahu anha uh, that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala granted her and blessed her with. Wa sallallahu ala Sayyidina Muhammad wa ala alihi wa sahbihi wa sallam. Walhamdulillahi rabbil alameen. For more information and to listen to more podcasts, visit us at arc.score or check out the Arc Media app.